welcome to the Play Practice Formula Podcast. I'm your host, BJ Mumford, owner of Play Practice Basketball and the Seacoast Hoops Lab based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I'm excited to launch this podcast as a platform to share my thoughts, ideas, and frameworks for helping your youth basketball player transform from uncertain participant to decisive competitor. We get results in as little as 30 minutes with our target age group of 10 to 14 year olds that want to play high school basketball. Ingredient number nine, persistence. Persistence is a big part of what we do and it comes across in a lot of different flavors throughout our, our team culture, our business, our staff, and our players especially. One of our core values actually relates three words together, persistent, consistent, and reliable. And I think for players to learn a skill set, a personality, almost a, a moral skill at a young age by becoming familiar with what it looks like to be reliable and persistent is incredibly valuable. The, uh, the term that's often used is how they show up, right? How do we show up first as a staff, as a coach, as a team on the court? How does the player show up, you know? as a uh, reliable quantity for their team coach to be able to rely on them by being consistent. And, you know, I think persistence really is kind of the underlying factor of those three. That's why we state them in that order, persistent, consistent, and then reliable. Um, so, you know, asking, uh, asking a 10, 11, 12 year old, you know, what's their consistency factor? How's their energy level? Right. It might be way up and way down, you know, day to day with emotions and hormones and friends and peers and teams and parents. There's a whole lot going on in their life. Uh, those kids in their 10 to 14 year old age range that we are most often working with. But when they get to the court, we try to work on that mentality of being persistent, consistent, reliable and try to think about it like we're flipping a switch, right? We might have all this crazy stuff going on in our life outside of the court, but uh, you know, I often have heard it talked about, and I like to think about it for myself as a sanctuary. Like when you're on the court, the switch is flipped and it's go time. We have that instant kind of zoom in and zone in mental focus and energy, and really developing that in players, a consistent level of focus and energy that needs to be there if they're really going to accomplish, you know, what they're setting out to achieve, whether that's making the next team tryout or eventually becoming a high school or a college player, like really getting good at that mental zone of I'm on the court and suddenly I've got focus and energy and the ability to really dial in my consistency and persistence and develop the skill of being reliable as kind of an outcome. Um, and the persistent part of that is really best described as pushing through frustration. I'll often ask a player, you know, when I can visibly tell by their body language that their frustration level is like near the boiling point, like they are really frustrated with themselves not being able to execute what we're working on, you know, I'll ask them, you know, on a one to 10 scale, what's your frustration level right now? And, you know, they'll say nine or seven or whatever it is, because we're, you know, we're actively trying to change something that they thought they knew how to do and probably 
already had done at some level of success. And, you know, all the players we work with have had some level of success. We're usually working with them in a one-on-one setting after they've played at least two years of competitive basketball. So, you know, they were getting by with the skill they already had, but they also came to us with the desire to improve. And, you know, one of my former mentors, uh, Kevin Nunley, always pointed out, like, improvement requires change. You cannot improve and stay the same at the same time. That's a contradiction in terms. And so, you know, because they're coming to us to improve, we have the kind of privileged moment of showing them how to make a change. But that change is often very frustrating at first because, again, they thought they were good at, you know, a crossover into an attack dribble to the basket. And suddenly we're showing them where they're taking three steps where they could get by with one and they're taking two dribbles or three dribbles to get to the basket where they could get there in one and trying to get to that really precise level of performance of a technical skill is often very frustrating. And so, you know, whether just because they're an athlete or they've played a lot of basketball volume of experience, you know, they figured out some skills that work, but really I like to say the, uh, the biggest obstacle to, future success is current success, right? If you're doing something well enough, you're not uh, incentivized, you're not motivated to change it in order to really improve it and take it to the next level. And so we come in and tell them, you know, we want to change this because you're going to be able to do something far better with it if we upgrade how you're operating in that particular skill. And it's really one of the most frustrating things a player can go through, especially related to, you know, shooting, I think is probably the most common where, you know, players got a certain shot, they're making 20% of their shots, and that's the best they've ever done. So they're like, you know, that's good. And now we're going to change something, and for a little while they're going to shoot and make only 10% of their shots with the goal of moving that to 50% later as they adapt and, you know, integrate the changes we're making. And then, you know, making layups, certain types of footwork related to catching and shooting, driving, uh, ball handling footwork is very common. Um, you know, again, they've gotten by, they're a super athlete. And so they've blown by everybody they've ever played against with having kind of bad sloppy footwork. And suddenly we're showing them how to change and improve that footwork to actually be able to, you know, outskill and outspeed and out athlete other people, uh, to continue to progress against better and better competition. And, you know, every player that has, their thing where they were doing it a certain way for a, a good long time, changing it feels pretty terrible, right? Shots don't go in, nothing feels right, nothing works. They're not really achieving success for a little while. And that's where persistence really shows up. And it's also related to patience that we talked about in our other ingredient. Uh, you know, patience is allowing the space and time for it to happen. You know, as a coach, being certain that we can help you get to that point. We're certain that it is going to happen and we're just going to be patient and keep working at it with you until you achieve it. Um, and where the player can demonstrate persistence is when they're in that zone of repeated failure, which we try not to stay in that any longer than we have to. We're usually working in three to five repetitions. If they fail all five attempts, then we're going to change it and break it down further you know, change it into a simpler, smaller chunk so that they're achieving success. Um, the tag teach method that we talk about a lot 
um, is uh, actually has a term they call finding the point of success, which is really break it down, simplify it, get down to a piece that they can achieve, you know, right now without even much instruction, and then start building up from there versus setting the bar too high and, you know, leaving them in that failure zone where it just feels terrible and they're not making any progress. Uh, so if we break it down to that point of success, then once they have success, they can build forward from that really quickly compared to, again, if they stay in the failure zone, the player is more likely to quit or, you know, just give up on trying to be a player that has that skill at all. They're just going to you know, quit, move on, do something else, like stick with what they're good at and, you know, leave that skill aside because it's too frustrating to try to get over that get over that hump, essentially. Um, so persistence for us is really getting the player to where they can push through that seven, eight, or nine frustration level and get even one successful attempt where it, you know, it was broken down to super simplified, maybe even awkwardly slow motion, but they got the footwork and the dribble timing correct. Whatever we were working at, it's very specific timing of movement, body mechanics, ball mechanics, uh, synchronized, they got that correct. And now that skill chunk has a chance to continue to improve where if they continued doing it fast and kept doing it wrong and kept failing at it, they're really going to be stuck there, right? High school player that's got a lot of athleticism, but terrible footwork is going to run up against an equal athlete that has great footwork and they're going to feel overrun very quickly. Um, and so if they're stuck in that mode, they're not going to be able to move that one skill forward. Or how I like to look at it is they're not going to be able to progress all the skills that could be stacked on top of that one particular technique, right? By having this one skill mastered, there's 12 other skills that build out of that as, you know, moves, counter moves, decisions, like all the other pieces that could be involved if they could get that piece you know, lock down to where they can operate perfectly every time. Um, and so, you know, again, if they're having enough success with a skill that they don't want to change, they're going to be locked into their limitation, right? They're not going to be able to persist enough to create a change. And I think it's just a personality trait for me um, where persistence is just normal, right? It's uh I've picked the thing I want to do, I've figured out how to do it, and then I adapt, overcome, whatever's necessary. It's going to happen because I decided I was going to do it. And, uh, you know, I just have that uh, obsession almost of getting through something with persistence by, you know, really treating it like a, a flow of water, right? There's a rock in my way, I'm going to go around it, over it, under it, move it out of the way if I need to but I am getting past that point. And so for players to experience some small taste of that by example from our coaches and from a lot more often nowadays is from our veteran players at first, right? They see another player that's maybe a couple of years ahead of them in training and skill level and, you know, they're failing at something maybe two or three steps ahead of your player, but they're showing the same persistence factor that, uh, you know, we like to emulate across the whole program. It allows them to really adopt the mindset of, 
oh, I came across a problem, you know, a struggle point, something I'm not good at, or maybe just something I'm not certain about how to do. And, you know, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to poke that bubble repeatedly until I figure out what's going wrong and how to change it. And, you know, that's really what we're there for is to see the player get to that point and then provide them a solution. Like, here's how to make that work. Now that you see the need for change, here's a solution to help you make that change. So sticking with that approach, you know, through a level nine frustration for, you know, again, three to five reps is all that's necessary. Work out the kinks and then allow them to leave it there, right? We don't have to do it a hundred times correctly. We're going to do it three times correctly and then move on. We're going to circle back to it later, right? We found the solution. We did it three times. We got reinforced for that correct action done at the right time, felt myself doing it correctly, heard the coach uh, reinforce that I did it correctly, and now it's kind of a permanent part of our our mental, physical, right, kinesthetic performance. Like, it's there, and now when we come back to it, we describe it, demonstrate it, repeat the reinforcement the same way later, it's going to continue to grow. But we don't have to, we don't have to persist in sticking with something past when we've achieved, you know, the next small step forward. Uh, so persistence is really, you know, there's a limited amount of willpower that you can use to drive through that frustration point. And then once you achieve it, like there's a dopamine release in a lot of ways, we can let go of that and circle back to it later. Um, it's going from kind of zero to one, from absolute failure, frustration, feeling awkward, feeling everything's broken, to just getting that one small piece to work one time successfully and have it really click. And then we can leave it alone and let it, you know, percolate and process in the subconscious brain and come back to it later. Uh, they might come back to it on their own, maybe with a coach next week, but it'll be there in that mental kinesthetic memory because we got it to work and the player felt it and again got reinforced when they did it correctly. And so that piece is really captured in their brain and we can come back to it anytime. We don't have to stay with it longer than necessary. Uh, when players really start to experience that process repeatedly, right? This is not just something we do with one skill, but it's every piece of every skill we're ever going to work on then they're more likely to stay in that persistent zone through frustration because they've kind of felt that dopamine release, right? They've gone through the frustration and I got it. And then they saw themselves progress in that skill going forward. And so they're able to stay in that persistent zone through even higher levels of frustration for even longer periods over time. They kind of get accustomed to that, right? It's okay. Let's leave that skill and come back to it they're going to start to say, give me one more attempt, right? That felt good. I got it right. You as a coach said, yes, I know I did it right. And now I want to do it again and feel it one more time because I'm getting that dopamine hit uh, because, you know, I got the skill right and the shot went in. Like I just felt all these pieces we've been working on kind of suddenly align, synchronize and produce the outcome that, you know, I really want as a basketball player, which is shots going through the net in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I think this whole 
idea of persistence as a really valuable experience and again kind of a skill that stacks you know other things are stacked upon it that uh, players don't get to experience very often in a team environment in my experience coaching teams which have done a lot of different areas and age groups and geographies all over the world I think it's really uh, the mentality of as a team coach we've got to get the whole team to do this certain strategy like we need this offense to run and we need at least this baseline skill level for all the players. So if you're the one player that's not getting it, I'm probably just going to ask you not to take that shot or not to do that technique or even more likely, I'm not going to put you in that situation, right? You're not going to get playing time to ever be there because I don't have time to get you to the point where you could succeed in that. And so as a team coach, I'm going to bypass that for the purpose of expediency and the need to move on to, you know, whatever the next priority is for the team. I don't have time to stick with a player and troubleshoot that one skill and get them to persist enough to make a permanent change. And that's why I'm, I'm not a fan of playing five on five year round, right? Where the, uh, the rec and school and travel and AAU teams, you know, combined, you could have at least four seasons, even playing only one team. A lot of players are now playing two or three teams per season and playing that, you know, three or four seasons out of the year. And the uh, the problem with that is that players tend to stay the same, right? They default to their lowest level of habits, whatever they're really certain of as a capability that they can comport, they can perform under competitive pressure is where they're going to stay. They're not going to try to change anything. They're not going to try anything new or really progress at all because the purpose of the team is to win games and the risk of them messing up and causing their team to lose by them trying something new, that risk is way too high. So they're not going to try it. They're going to play it safe and kind of stay exactly the same player for the whole season in order to win the tournaments. But if they're only ever in that mode of this tournament season to this competitive season to the next competitive season... They're always trying to win games, and they always have to avoid risk and stay basically the same player. Now, the counterpoint to that is actually if they have two teams of widely different competitive levels, right? So they might have an AAU team where that pressure is really high, and they're not able to try anything new, but maybe they're learning about you know really high-level competition, what it looks like to play at a high level. And then if they have another team that's maybe recreational level, it's a little below their skill level where they actually have some freedom to compete. Like they can help their team win, but they've also got some flexibility because the skill level is low enough that they're freed up to try some new things and actually find where they're good and find where they can dominate a little bit and what they're really good at. And I, I like seeing players have that duality where they've got different roles on different teams and different levels of competition. Um, but if they stay kind of where most parents and where most players are seeking to be is I want to play the highest level competitive team I can find all the time, they end up staying the same player all the time. And if they're doing that in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, suddenly they get to high school and the last three years were wasted. They didn't progress at all. Skill-wise, they got a lot of experience. Maybe they developed a few new school tools and you know concepts and high-level strategy, but their individual skill got locked because the risk of failure was too high in all those competitive games that they weren't able to try anything new or really progress. 
And so I'm a big fan of having at least one season of about three months off from playing any five-on-five games where they're doing a different sport, which I think is great. They're doing some individual skill breakdown. Maybe they're playing in a pickup league where there's absolutely no pressure to perform and win games, and they have the freedom to absolutely play with trial and error and experiment, which is really necessary for progression. Um, So I look at it as, you know, what if they could dramatically improve their skill set by not playing games for three months in order to eventually win a lot more games at a lot higher level? I've seen a dramatic jump in ability that happens whenever a player has a chance to break down a skill and really understand it and, again, persist in bringing about a change for themselves. So that combination of you know three months off, a mental and a physical break from playing that really fast-paced with a really complex offense with a really high pressure to perform, they get a break from that and combine that with an opportunity to simplify and perfect a certain skill set or two, that can really lead to a huge level up, give them a whole new capability, allowing them to now operate at a lot higher level, maybe move up to a better team, maybe even play a position that they've always enjoyed, but they've never had the skill set to perform, right? They've never been persistent enough in perfecting their skill to become consistent enough to perform in games to then be seen as reliable enough by their coach to actually be put into that role and that position and those game situations where that skill can really operate. That's why I really value persistence. Reach out to us at info at playpracticebasketball.com or you can give us a call at 603-932-5893. That's it. I'll see you on the court.